When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing good. Nice to have another in-person episode. Week 8 of our power rankings, and I believe we're going to jump right into it. Um, Any stories... Regarding yesterday's games, we will get to once we come across um, those teams. But, uh, you know, you guys know the drill here. Running at 30 all the way down to number one. But we start with 30 through 26. And LJ, I believe we are once again in agreement on who the worst team in the league is. I have finally decided to move the Reds up one spot. And I have the Royals at number 30. Yes, this is now seven out of eight weeks we've been able to figure out who the worst team in the league is, and we are back now with the Kansas City Royals. Brandon, this team's just not playing well. You know, this has been, this is poor record on poor metrics 
on poor form. Like, there's no redeemable script for the Kansas City Royals right now. Yeah, and you're talking in the last seven days, a 1-5 record with a 6.18 ERA as a team, a negative pitching war across six games um, as a team. That's certainly not good. Um, And, yeah, there's just... Like you said, no redeeming qualities here, really. Um, I guess Whit, Whit Merrifield still has his games played streak going. That's at over 500 now. Um, and that's just, I guess, the only thing we can keep out, keep keep watching for. Oh, and Zach Ranke's quest for another gold glove. Yeah, the, those, are the, those are the marks for this team. And now all of a sudden, well, now we're going to have to start thinking about and talking about in the coming weeks, of course, we'll do our whole... We'll go hard into the trade deadline come July. But who really stays on this team? You know, how at what point do you give up Scott Barlow? You know, he's got three years left of service time before you actually have to pay him. But is it time for you to move on that? Is it finally time that you move Whit Merrifield? We really don't know where we're going to see this team go. All we know is they need to go somewhere else. They've got... Four players. Would we say, how many do we want to say here comfortably? Five players that really, like, you'd be happy to see be on this team for a long time as far as position players go. Yeah, I mean, you already have Salvador uh, Perez locked up for a few more years. MJ Melendez, since he's he's, uh, come up, has been hitting really good, actually. Guy that I've talked about a little bit. And he's your next catcher, um, you know, in line here, your second-round pick from 2017. He's been doing good. Uh, Andrew Benintendi having a really good season. Um, that's certainly a guy that if you're the the Royals, you almost have to trade him this summer, right? Like, there's no reason to keep him, especially because the prospects you have in the wings here, like, sure, a Bobby Witt is going to be really good. I think MJ Melendez is going to be really good. But some of these other guys, you know, it's going to take a few years for them to really come up. And, you know, what what do you even do here? You can't, you know, you can't just hold on to some of these guys without getting um, at least a few prospects in return here to build for the future. Just to add a little more supplement to these other top guys you have i mean sure but at the same time if it's a valuable enough piece that and with this team that really their whole their whole fan base is really centered around loyalty they're loyal to them the team does the right thing and always seems to find a way to do right by them honestly i think i think barlow is more likely just because closers tend to have a little shorter a shelf life yeah he is more likely to move than Ben Attendi, even though Ben Attendi would be... Is he up? Did they extend him? No, I um, don't think so. No, he's still in his third year of eligibility. I'd see, I see them as more likely to extend him than to trade him at this point. Just because, you know, this is a guy who... He, he really is, I think, an important part of this team. Comes into this point in the season, 1.5 war, a 132 OPS+. Plus. He wins the gold glove out in left field last year. You know, certainly wasn't something... It's not something you're surprised of, but it wasn't something you see coming. And then you start to see, you know, some of these videos, some of the things that go around in this clubhouse. I think he's probably... If he's not first, he's second on the leadership 
uh, mm. peg with Salvador Perez at this point. And that's something that definitely will keep him there longer if they have any say on it. Well, we certainly spent a good deal of time about our last place our team, last place the Royals. Right. Um, let's burn through a few more teams here. I've got the Reds at 29, the Nationals at 28, the A's at 27, and the Tigers at 26. I saw the Tigers play yesterday. Um, let's see, the A's were 0-6 this week. Um, I moved the Reds up one spot. Um, I believe since they started off 3-22, and they actually have a winning record since then. So, you know, uh, you know, uh, good for them. And LJ gave them a little bit more love than I did. Yeah, again, I can't find anything redeemable about what the A's have been doing so far. And so, you know, yeah, there's a two-game difference between them, but these aren't a standings. These are proof of how good the teams actually are in its truest form. So I'm certainly not going to dock them too harshly for being, a, what, a half game out? Two and a half games out of each other? Three games out? Uh, yeah. Three games full. Um, it's, yeah, I, I think overall they're just flat out playing like the better team right now. The A's have just been downright terrible. I went Royals at 30, A's at 29, the Reds at 28, the Tigers at 27, and the Rockies at 26. We brushed past it yesterday um, as we covered everything and nothing on that show. Um, I'm very much out on this Detroit team right now. I mean, let's look at the facts. First off, we've got Miguel Cabrera here doing Miggy-esque things again, back over 300 on his batting line for the year at 301. Either way... No matter what way you look at it, this has been his best season in quite a long time, so far at least. And no matter how you look at it, he's still Hall of Famer. He's still one of, if not the best hitter we've seen in the last 15 years in terms in terms of pure hitting. And he's proven that he's able to affect other guys, make other guys better just by working with him, being with him, being around him. And... That effect hasn't happened at all on this team. Here he is having some of his best numbers, and you've got Jonathan Scope batting 192. You've got Javi Baez batting 198. Jaime Arcandelario at 181. Spencer Torkelson, the young guy, the guy you really should be developing, the guy that Miguel Cabrera is probably working most closely with. I mean, he basically is his pupil. He's batting 191 right now. Like, these... These aren't good numbers, and these are. This is a jarring difference in terms of these guys' contact ability compared to some other guys on this team, and even Harold Castro too, having a good season, ballooning the numbers for this mm. team. They have a 74 weighted runs created plus right now. They're batting 218 as a team. If Miguel Cabrera can't fix this group, I don't see how else it can be fixed. They're going to need to do some wide sweeping improvements to this team, this roster as a whole from the position player side if they're going to turn the corner. The hitting absolutely has to be better. I mean, and you have some good uh, defensive anchors there. You know, uh, Jonathan Scope, of course, been outstanding this year on the, the defensive side, but the hitting is just very bad um, and needs, needs. you're right, it needs to be improved. Um, let's keep going with our rankings here. As we have 25 to 21, I go Pirates, Orioles, Cubs, Rockies, and Marlins 
at 21. Um, you know, the Orioles, I keep them at 24. Um, this this kind of group of teams, like the, the Cubs, I just checked. This is week eight of the rankings, and every single week I've had them in between 20 and 24. Um, these teams are just, you know, every week we kind of say it. They're just, they're a little bit better than those uh, bottom five teams, but not by much. They're, ju- they're just, they find a way to not be terrible. They don't beat themselves. You could even say that they're lucky, that they're more lucky than some of these bottom five teams at, at this point in the season. That's an interesting take. Um, I would go ahead and say no and push back there because, I mean, keep in mind, this is a team that's got a minus 13 rounder differential. Who's that? The Cubs. Okay. I mean, that's compared to, you know, Baltimore with 40, Detroit with 60. I mean, all of these other teams are he- floating around at least the 60 to 70 range, and that's a huge disparity there. Fair. You know, they just... If you can find a way, you know, you got a good manager there there in Chicago. If you can find a way with a less talented roster to not beat yourself, to not make those huge mistakes. Actually, I'd love to know how they are in terms of their fielding metrics. Um, I'm going to check that. But either way, if you can find a way not to beat yourself, that you're going to be able to push yourself into mm. this situation very frequently. Kind of similar, at least. To the way Cleveland's able to stay, you know, they're in the bottom half. They certainly deserve to be in the bottom half. But at what point have you thought the Guardians to be a um, bottom five team? Even a bottom ten team? Yeah, not once, no. Um, I, LJ, I have a question for you because I can't help but notice you kind of brushed past the Rockies and you had them all the way down at 26. You moved them down. Um, two spots i mean at at one point you had them as high as um 13 or 12 actually um week four you move them all the way down to 26 now i have them at 22 um why so so a bearish on this roster i mean the offense is certainly there you know second in the mlb in batting average third in on base percentage and this has been without chris bryant for a good chunk of the season, he's still on the IL. Um, I'm a little more, um, a, more a positive on the outlook for this team. Um, you know, uh, coming up in this stretch, but you know, you, you put them all the way at 26. Yeah, I mean, I think again, the pitching has a big part of it. It's not there. It's non-existent. And ultimately, when you talk about their form, it hasn't been good either. You're three and seven in your last ten. You've lost four straight to finish this week off what there is redeeming about that. With the way that other teams have played right now, they're just stronger. The way I always start this, so the Rockies would have been, well, we'll climb from here. Brandon, I think I know your answer here, but head-to-head right now, are you taking the Nationals or the Rockies? Three games, let's say. Ooh. Two terrible pitching staffs. I'm going to take Colorado, I think. Okay, that's fair. Again, I went the other way. But I'm imagining you won't take the Orioles. Would you take the Orioles or, or Colorado. Over, the, over Colorado? No, I don't think so. Would you take the Pirates over Colorado right now? No. Would you take the Cubs over Colorado? Mm, no, I don't think so. And if you wouldn't, you certainly wouldn't take the Marlins, Diamondbacks, and that kind of floats us back into that um, same area. I just. These other teams are just flat out stronger. They're playing stronger. They look stronger. And 
even though, like, you know, they're getting runners on, you got to get those runners in. Fair enough. No, enough absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. Um, also, for a team playing at Coors to only be 20th in home runs. Well, I mean, are we really going to make the home run argument this year when the balls, you know, are clearly... I mean, you have yes. two balls Yes, we being are. Hit, LJ, you have two balls being hit with the same exit velocity and same launch angle, and they and they end up 30 feet away from each other. I'm not saying that home runs it's are because they hit five so much home, this year. I'm not saying it's because they hit only like five home runs on the year that that's an issue. I'm saying it's because they hit five, and most teams are hitting like 15. All like, right, no matter what the ball looks like, if we're comparing to the average, if we're comparing them based on the rest of the league, yeah, and I mean, I'll give them a little gap room. Maybe we're talking about the 17th best team because they haven't been on prime time, so they haven't been getting the juiced balls. But, like, either way, this this isn't this isn't right, which is funny because, you know, weren't we talking about last year that their whole thing was, you know, they found the ground all the ground ball pitchers, they found yeah. all of the fly ball hitters, and they thought, you know, if we really embrace our home field advantage, then we're going to have a good season. And they failed miserably because they couldn't win a game on the road. Yeah, and, and they were, were really good opposite. at home. And, yeah. and they were really good at home last year. And now we're seeing the exact opposite. It's yeah. kind of wild. Um. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, 20 through um, 16. Phillies, Mariners, Diamondbacks, Rangers, and Guardians. A little bit of movement here. I moved the Rangers up one spot, the Diamondbacks up two spots, the Mariners up two spots, and the Phillies down three spots. Um, you know, it was hard for me to move the Phillies down after they had a four and two week and they pitched really good. But, you know, as of right now, I think the Rangers are playing um, very good. The Diamondbacks, we talked a lot about their, their defense yesterday. They've been really uh, picking it up. And um, even Seattle, who I've been down on a lot the last few weeks, you could say that they um, are somewhat trending upward after a 4-2 and two week. Um, and they certainly had great offensive contributions, which they greatly needed um, after the, that offense had gone cold for a little bit there. So, no, you know, no real um, harm for the Phillies for them dropping three spots. But I think at this point, you know, you fired Joe Girardi. I'm going to give it a few weeks, but they could certainly shoot back up um, as that offense might be completely woken up now. Yep, moving through my 20. At 20, I've got the Diamondbacks. Moving 19, we both have the Mariners. The Rangers, I've got 18. The Guardians, I have 17. And the Angels, I have 16. Brandon, a uh, little bit of a spoiler here. You have them at 14, but we got to jump in on these Angels because this has been one of the most complete meltdowns we've seen in a very long time. This is now... 11 straight games lost. They went from being just... Actually, they went from leading the division at, at a good chunk of April, May to now being well outside of that. I believe, where what is that? Eight and a half, I Eight believe. and a half games. Oh, my gosh. Eight and a half games out of their own division. It, it's shocking. It's jarring. It's inexplicable. I mean, I don't... I just don't get it. And, you know... What needs to be done here to 
solve this, Brandon, feel free to jump in anywhere here. But Well, do you know this current stretch that Mike Trout is on, LJ? What is this stretch? Oh, for his last 26 play, uh, at-bats. That's unideal. In his last 29 plate appearances, he has two walks and a hit-by-pitch, and that's it. He basically just said... He's only struck out nine times, so to, so to be fair, he's putting the ball in play, but that's still close to a 33% strikeout percentage. Um, and he's putting the ball in play still a good amount, but just, you know... Even the best players go through stretches like this. I guess, LJ, I'm going to throw it back to you. You you kind of brought up this conversation. Look, we both moved them down six spots. I moved them from 8 to 14. You moved them from 10 to 16. Um, it's an 11-game losing streak. Uh, believe that we said that that is the longest that is that teams had this year, right? I can't think of any other... Uh, team that had a losing streak that long. Um, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I don't, I don't think that they. Did they not get to eleven? Maybe games? twelve. You know what? They might have got to twelve. Yeah. But this still like this. It, it's bad. Um, and the worst part yeah. is I don't see it necessarily getting that much better. I mean, what game here do you see them winning? Coming up with given their current form, what game do you see them winning? Schedule. They've got four against Boston. Syndergaard versus Waka tonight, then Whitlock Detmers, Otani Ivaldi, and Silseth Pavetta. I see Otani against again. That's that's assuming that Ivaldi gets blown up by this lineup, which the lineup isn't cooking the way it was at one point. Frankly, I think the most winnable matchups are probably Detmers, Whitlock, and Silseth Pavetta. You're only getting one of those. Especially because, again... So you are guaranteeing the Red Sox win three out of four games in this series, is what you're saying. I think it's... I think that... that If I was if I was a betting man, if I was putting bet, a bet down, that's what I would I'm say. I'm going to bet on that right now. I'll just... Go ahead. <laughs> because, again, it's just, you know... Because that's without talking about the fact that the Red Sox are playing great baseball right mm-hmm. now, too. And, you know, you're just not... These aren't good matchups for you to have. You know, Whitlock, very, really, really good could either be an elite closer or a really great starter mm. one day. You know, ideally you, you're looking for Otani and Detmers to get kind of a push over here, get the rotations to work out in your favor so you get that win. But here you're clearly not. Like, this isn't a, this isn't a given for Detmers. This isn't a given for Otani. Syndergaard hasn't been what you were hoping him to be, and so he's going to get, like, clearly outclassed by Waka on the other side. Mm. Um, and then after that, you've got three games against New York and then a series, Mets, I'm not sure yeah. how many, against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I, I would think that that's a three-game series against the Dodgers because it starts on a Tuesday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly not looking good in Angels country right now. Let's jump. Um, yep. We uh, Did you want to talk about, again, um, where where are we thinking in terms of this getting better? Because I think this is, again, this is a conversation we certainly saved for today, and I'd yeah, really uh, like to get into it. Uh, uh, is, I mean, yes, some of it's luck, but, you know. Rendon and Taylor Ward, and for that matter, or David Fletcher. Well, I, David Fletcher's I, been gone the whole year. Well, yeah, he's been out, he's out for a while. But Ward and Anthony Rendon. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Um, 
They well, got to come back, LJ. They do have to come back, but two players, frankly, not even three players, if we're counting Trout, are an entire team. Like, them not hitting. But they're, ex- they're extremely valuable to their team. All are, three have been at points. They are extremely and, valuable, points. but. Like, Taylor Ward and Mike Trout have been carrying that offense this year. And, like, and Otani has actually, like, he's hit a slow stretch lately, but you look at his offensive numbers, still 11 homers, 7 stolen bases, um, and a nice OPS for what the league average is looking like this year. Still a good offense. Um, You know, LJ, you just look at some of, like, these stats where they rank, like, you know, up here on Fangraphs, and it's just a lot of, you know, it's so volatile. There's a lot of good things I see, like fifth and home runs, ninth and runs scored, and then a lot of bad things I see, like 24th and relief pitcher ERA. So, you know, there's, this is, LJ, we'd be joking and we'd be kidding ourselves if, we said that we didn't think that this could happen to the Angels, though. If we really thought that they were going to hang on the entire season and not have a stretch like this, I think we're cr- we're, we're kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, and most of that is because the depth isn't there, right? I mean, you know, we have Joe Adele on this roster. Let's start right there. The very fact that he's present on our guy. roster is a issue for them. It's showing that they're not as deep as they need to be. You know, we're talking about this bullpen being bad, but what guys are you really afraid to put out there at this point? I, I mean, four four three ERA for Aaron Loop that doesn't change much in my eyes. He's still a solid, solid guy. Ryan Tapera has been good. Mm-hmm. Rossiel Iglesias has not, but I have. To I think would that argue that he's been a a lot better than his stats indicate. I I, I just feel like it's other every, than yesterday, it's every other night that he's blowing a save. It feels like to me. He doesn't walk guys, and he strikes out a good amount. But if you're blowing the save, if you're not getting the bag, then what's the point? Either way... What do you see blown saves on here? I want to see. Um, I've seen him in a lot of bad positions. As, oh, yeah, as his absolutely. fantasy owner, I can attest. So he has blown two saves out of 13 save opportunities. Um, he does have four losses as well. He does have four losses, Um yeah, I mean, his last few outings have been bad, but you're looking at, like, some nice stretches here from, like, you know, you're looking at a stretch he had of, what's that, 10 appearances in a row at the end of April without allowing a run. Um, quite a nice stretch here to begin May and kind of end May until these until um, whatever happened yesterday. But, but yeah. looking big picture, even... Even with that, let's say let's say Russell Iglesias isn't somebody you want to move on from as a closer. I think what we are seeing here is we're seeing still a roster that we've seen some great things out of. We we know it's capable of World Series caliber play at this point. And frankly, they're a shortstop and two more arms away from being that true contender in my eyes. You go out this summer, you go out, you get a reliever, you get a starter, and you get... Uh, top flight shortstop. You're hating on my on my guys, uh, Tyler Wade and Andrew Velasquez. Andrew Velasquez, again, a terrific defender. We, we both we both know that they need another bat in this lineup, and that's the place that it needs to come from because the production offensively isn't there. But my point being, that's shockingly that's shockingly little to be in need of 
to get into a contending situation. Like this isn't a rebuild that they have to do. They need a couple more pieces. If they need a couple more pieces, then how are they performing so po poorly and so wholly at one point in time? Is this something where a manager should be stepping in and getting the best out of his players? Because he certainly isn't right now. He's kind of just a slave to the moment, just as they're a slave to the moment. All right, well, let's get into, what is it, 15 through 11. Uh, we got to get burning here. Uh, White Sox, Angels at 14, Red Sox at 13, uh, the Braves at 12, the Giants at 11. I move up the Giants from 12 to 11, the Braves from 14 to 12. Red Sox stay the same. Um, like I said, the Angels drop six spots, and the White Sox um, stay idle at 15. Um, you know, out of this group, the Red Sox played good this week. They were 4-2. Um, you know, other teams here, San Francisco, they were 4-3. Um, they had a tough stretch of games this week and um, had a nice team ERA, nice nice outings from, from their pitchers um, through this week. Overall, in this, this little group of teams, um, I saw a lot that I liked, especially out of Atlanta, 5-2. Um, a 3.17 team ERA. Um, Atlanta quietly kind of kind of getting back to uh, some some nice form here. Oh, very much so. And you know, it's only going to get better as they get healthier and more in tune. We just talked about you know, this is a team that's unafraid to make moves. Mm -hmm. They'll be they're putting themselves right now back in a position to be buyers at the deadline. Yeah. And if that's the case, then it's going to be really it's setting up summer. exactly like 2021 was for them like the exact same way yeah. the nl east played out the mets took an early lead all the other teams had terrible records um this is just seems like a repeat of 2021 let's hope that acuna doesn't get hurt because you know we don't we don't need to be rebuilding an outfield two years in a row. yeah no please you, no. you can't repeat that twice you can go out and find another position like again i really think the possibility of them going out and getting a shortstop is very a shortstop third baseman is very real. Like I was talking about yesterday. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. As, as an insurance policy on Dansby Swanson, even a guy like Carlos Correa, if the Twins found like some way to fall apart this month. Um, also, LJ, you were kind of hating on Austin Riley yesterday on the defensive side, yes. right? Okay. Because I was going to say if you were talking about. Oh no, that's why his, I wanted to make sure his... he was at the DH. That's why I put yeah. Ozuna back in the field. Oh, that's right. Again, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he's like. It He's takes, still raking. It takes a guy who's absolutely raking to get me to put Marcelo Zuna back in left field. <laughs> so yeah, no, I have no issues with Austin Riley. I'm just saying, like that's a bet, that's a win-win there for the Braves. If you can get him out of the field, you can get some insurance. In He's terms still of, young though, so you know you don't want to completely kill his confidence in the field. No, but if the, if you're going out and getting a Carlos Correa or a Xander Bogarts or one of the guys, other guys that's coming up on contract this year. You know, you're getting them so that you can sign them long term to be your shortstop, not your third baseman. The whole point is, if Dansby Swanson is going to cost a boatload of money, and you think you can get somebody better for a little bit more money, then you're going to go out and trade for that guy who you're going to be able to get for a little bit more money that's better than him. Yeah. And so, at long term, we're talking about this being a half year move to DH for Austin Riley. Where was I? Uh, Braves for Phillies fifteen, Braves fourteen. White Sox 13, Red Sox 12, the Giants at 11. Okay. Um, 10 through 6, 
Twins at 10. They got a big series against the Yankees coming up Tuesday through Thursday this week. Super excited for that. Um, it's, it's a big series for the Yankees. Um, very interested to see um, how that goes. Rays at 9. Cardinals at 8. Padres at 5. And the Blue Jays, um, I believe they made the biggest jump out of any team in my rankings. They go from 11 to 6 after uh, a 4 and 2 week. But there was a lot um, to certainly like out of what we saw from Toronto this week. Um, if I can pull it up here. Um, well, first of all, they were on that big win streak um, just a few days ago. I forget what they got up to, LJ. Was it like um, seven or eight? It might have been. That sounds about right. Let me pull it. Pull it up here. I'm sorry. It takes so long sometimes to pull these things up. All right. I got it right here. So they won. Um, let's see. I can't count. Two, four, six. Yeah, eight. Eight games in a row um, against some tough teams. They beat St. Louis one of those games. Sweep in L.A. Um, and then against the White Sox in Toronto. Sweep them. Um, and then they end up dropping two out of three to the Twins this weekend. But still, that's two very good teams uh, facing off. Toronto's back for me. Um and LJ is certainly going to get into them um, with our next section of rankings. But um, Toronto is fully back. Yeah, I'm a little more apprehensive here um, going through 10 to 6. I've got the Twins in 10th, the Blue Jays in 9th, the Rays in 8th, the Brew Crew in 7th, and the Cardinals in 6th. The Blue Jays are looking good. The Blue Jays are back. The Blue Jays are back for now. For now. Like, legitimately for now, and I'm not surprised, I'm fully willing to say it. That's not meaning I'm bought in. I'm just saying they're back to playing really, really well. Two to three weeks from now, this team's kind of proving that it's not going to be the same story. Um, LJ, and I'm glad that you say that two to three weeks from now. I wanted, I want you to set a date for a check-in okay, on the Blue check-in. Jays. Do we have another check-in going up this week as well? Because I haven't checked yet. Okay, ready? I want it to be... Friday, June seventeenth. Okay. Friday, June seventeenth. I'm gonna tell so you next, why. Next Friday. Two Fridays. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why. Would you like to hear their next slate of games between now and that date? Okay. Let's hear it. Three at Kansas City. Easy does. Three at the Tigers. Four at home against Baltimore. That's solid. That's okay. That's it. Between now and that day. That's okay. So we're going to check in then. What's that? 10 games? No. Yes, 10 games. Yeah, that's 10 games. They maybe win seven. All right, sure, they win seven of them. You got to win seven of those games. Yeah, I mean, you have odds to. are they will win seven of those games. Still, let's check in then. Yeah, let's check in then. I'm just not sure that necessarily matters. If, they're at, if they're at six for me now and they win seven of those games... Could potentially crack my top five if they don't already do it by um, next Monday. That just feels a little, again, personally, that feels a little bit high for me. I it mean, depends on what the other teams in my top five do, which we'll get to in a yeah, second. Yeah, but, but. I, either way, it's it's a matter of what has this team proven that they can actually like somewhat keep it up like against legitimate competition. They may have played well this time that they've gone through a good stretch, but you know they go 7-10 through this next easy stand and then 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You play somebody marginally decent, and you start dropping games. And mm. the next thing you know, things snowball for this team. Like this isn't this is not the first time this year that we've seen them play division contending, World Series contending caliber baseball. It's just they fall apart more often than the average um, good team does. All right, I'll tell you. Is it time for the top five? I believe it is time for the top five. All right. As always, I'll run through mine first, and I'll give a little, um, a few sentences about each team. Number five is the Milwaukee Brewers. I moved them up from six. Um, and, you know, this team hit a bit of a rough patch this week, to say the least. They lost five of their last six games. Um, they lost three straight at home against the Padres to close out the weekend. They almost got no hit by Joe Musgrove on Friday. Um, And, you know, without Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta, um, those absences are surely being felt. But um, Aaron Ashby has stepped in and pitched very well. Um, 2.55 ERA in the three starts since he's uh, come back into the rotation. Um, And this is a, a Brewers pitching staff that, they have the most strikeouts out of any team in the league this year. Um, you know, they jump up from, sure, it was a rough week for them, but I still think that the way my rankings work where it's predicting through the rest of the season, um, I, I still think that they're a top five team. There's still 10 games over 500, um, even with all these injuries and other things that we've been talking about with them. So I'm going Brewers at five. Um, four is the Astros. Um, like we said earlier, Eight-and-a-half game lead in the AL West. That's tied with the Mets for the largest division lead um, out of any team. Um, They just had a nine-game road trip. They won six of their last seven games. 24-9 and since the start of May, which is tied with the Yankees for the best record during that span. Um, And the pitching has just been unbelievable here. Um, Astros at four, but could certainly creep up into my top three. Uh, LJ, any thoughts on those two teams, or would you like to give... Actually, yeah, how about you give your five and four? My five and four. Before I get into that, just a quick shout-out for the people that have been listening for a long time, because this just came across um, my feed. Um, Anyone who listened back when Taylor Viles was doing some part-time coverage for us last year, he is making his debut with a cable uh, cable news network in Vermont tonight at 10 WVNYWFF. F. That is very long. That is a very long. W v n y w f f f. Check it out. But yeah, no. Again, if you're in the Vermont area, check it out. But no, just shout out. Um, congratulations to him. Felt like it needed to be said. My five and four. We've got the Padres here at five, and then the Dodgers at four. Um, Padres and Dodgers both kind of had a, a mid stretch. Very mid stretch, you know, both five. Dodgers five. definitely a mid stretch. Um, they just got swept by the Pirates. Yeah, got, just got swept by the Pirates. You know, you're 
you're, you're dropping games. At least San Diego's winning games. But at the t- end of the day, I was sitting there and I'm like, all right, first off, who would I take over this stretch? Mm-hmm. Over a three-game series, I'm still going to take the Dodgers. And also, I'm like, who is the best team in this division? It's the Dodgers, not mm-hmm. the Padres. So I had to go, still had to go with them over, I still had to go with the Dodgers over the Padres, even though it could have been very easy to switch it back the other way. All right, number three, I'm going with the Mets. Baby, the Mets. Let's... It's about the Mets, baby. Uh, They started off the week. They swept the Nationals. Um, they outscored them 28-5. to five. Um, Not bad. Uh, they got And then they got held to just one run in their first two games against the Dodgers this weekend. However, they come back with two wins Saturday and Sunday to split the series. Um, you know... They aren't, you know, you watch their offense play and they don't have the best slugging. They don't hit the most home runs, but they still lead the MLB in batting average and on base percentage and are just a really consistently good team. You know, once that rotation gets healthy, um, there's, they're super scary. Um, absolutely. Number two, the Dodgers. Yes, they got swept um, by the Pirates. At Dodger Stadium. Um, yes, they split the series with the Mets this weekend, but they're still one of the most balanced teams in the league. They lead all teams in runs per game, OPS, um, and they're second in the league in Team ERA and Team WHIP. They're number two, and the Yankees, number one. They, two nights in a row, they flirted with perfect games. Um, they were 6-0 and on their homestand, sweeping Angels and Tigers. Um, they outscored their opponents this week 38-7. to uh, That's not a football score. That's just, that's just what they did. Um, you know, best rotation in the league for sure. 2-5-5 ERA. Aaron Judge has been unbelievable this year. And, yeah, Yankees back up top. I ended up going with the Astros at 3. They're... Huge run of hot form, you know, seven and three in their last ten. Really, it was. It, it didn't take much to get them to push past the Dodgers for that three slot right now. Now, just because, you know, they've been knocking on the door of that really since their slow start. Mm. They've been knocking on the door of getting into this top three. So it's not that shocking for me to be able to put them over the Dodgers into that slot. Yankees go number two. They fall under the Mets. I keep the Mets in number one for the second week in a row. And the Yankees, yes, they had a great week. It's just, it's very hard for me to dethrone a number one that had almost as good a week. Like, they did nothing wrong to get it that way, especially when the Mets' strength isn't putting up flashy numbers. The Mets' strength comes from consistency. Their strength comes from being able to consistently win series, not necessarily sweep two in a row, but to be able to win four straight series. Um... And you talk about consistency, LJ. The Mets, every single week of our power rankings have been in the top three from both of us, except for week six where I put them four. You know, and think about all the rough stretches that you could talk about in this Mets season. Sure, they're like 18 games over 500, but there's still been times where we're like, oh my God, like, is this really happening? Like... Scherzer goes down, Tyler Miguel goes down, and 
it's just this next man up mentality that they have that has worked so well for them um, that and you're right. And especially LJ, he's been a lot higher on the Mets than I have been. And you've had them first five out of eight weeks. And, you know, I'm not going to blame you. You see that team as the best in the league. And, you know, that's what's great about this. We see it two completely different ways, but yet it's still, there's still a lot of logic. There's still a lot of smart thinking that goes behind these, you know? At the end of the day, I really like this Mets team more than most people do because in my eyes, it's not dominating a game from start to finish that wins you a World Series. It's being able to dominate a series. Like, you don't have to it's win. It's the Buck Showalter mentality, Yep, though. you don't have to win every inning to win a series. Right. You don't have to win every battle to win a war. And they're finding a way to do that with such consistency that, like, it's going to immediately be able to translate. You don't have to worry about this team necessarily whether they're going to get on a hot stretch or whether they're going to get on a cold stretch because they just seem to balance. Will Buck Showalter make the right moves in the crucial games in the playoffs, though? Yes, because all of his, again, he's got a bunch, he's got Edwin Diaz. He single-handedly got, torpedoed the Orioles franchise yes. to what they are today. 100%. <laughs> Him and Chris Davis took that <laughs> straight they, down. They took it and they made sure to guide it into a dumpster as well. Like, they actually just, like, they made sure to put it right down there. Literally those two. Oh, and their owner, Peter Angelos, right? Or no, most, that, or is that no, the Nationals' owner? Mostly those two, though. Like, at the end of the... Oh, the yeah, no, the, yeah, Peter blame, Angelos, yeah. Can yeah. you blame Peter Angelos? Yes, yes, that guy sucks. That guy sucks. That guy definitely sucks. Either way, I don't know, I, I still... There's a lot of guys in this bullpen that are very good, but not 100% trustworthy. Like, Edwin Diaz is a great closer. Did you see who they had closed the game yesterday? They had Adonis Medina. I forgot about this guy. He made one appearance with the Yankees in 2019. Ended up with the Pirates, the Mets. As as with every failed pitcher. Right. (laughs) Ends up with the Pirates. Ends up uh, somehow uh, being on the Mets this year. He gets the save yesterday in extra innings against the Dodgers of all teams. Shout out Adonis Medina. I saw a clip of the last... Uh, out of the game because he struck I forget who he struck out to end the game and I was trying to figure out who was pitching and I saw what's something that looked like Medina and the only pitchers I know that have that last name there is Luis Medina in the Yankees organization one of our top prospects and then Adonis Medina and I was like there is no way surely enough open up my app click on it Adonis Medina so shout out to him wouldn't you know he could be a key cog on this World Series run for the Mets LJ starting right now with that save against the Dodgers key cog Adonis Medina um yeah but back to my point real quick I don't know there's a lot of guys pitching very well that also have a propensity to occasionally pitch very bad. So, Edwin, Buck Sh- Diaz. Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz. It's Edwin Diaz and a bunch of junior Edwin Diaz's in this bullpen. And so, if when I. When they're on, though, it's. Yes, it's most of they're the, on. Most of the time, they are really, really good. However, in this situation, if you're Buck Walter, could this have been part of why you chose to come back and manage this team? The fact that. All of these guys already have reputations for occasionally blowing up. So if you make the wrong move, they're going to get more blamed than you are. 
LJ, you want to hear something incredible? Yes, of course I want to hear something incredible. Edwin Diaz has pitched in 23 games this season, okay? Okay. How many of those games have the Mets won? I'm going to guess 21. 22. 22. They are 22-1. So even when he has these dramatic blown saves, people overrate this, or under... Oh, no, okay. Overhate is the word. Oh, 100%. Overhate over hate this man. The fact that they've still won every game he's pitched in except for one, and you go on Twitter and you would literally think, you have people saying he's not even a top 10 relief pitcher, he's not, you know, all this stuff. It's like, that's craziness. It's just crazy. Yeah, this guy's it's a crazy. lot better. Admittedly, <laughs> the tip-off to this was, and it was a home start too, which makes it even worse, the one he lost. Yeah, because right. 20, yeah. He's got 22 and two thirds innings. Or, yeah. No, it was an away start, excuse me. Yeah. They were the home side. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Oh. Well, we certainly covered a lot of ground today, and I think we went over time again. You think? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Well, we will see you tomorrow. Um, be sure to check us out Instagram, Twitter. TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll see you. Have a good one. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.